welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. Jess, how much time do you got? Can we have a yeah. kind of a okay? Well, then we'll 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 chop that first part into the first episode, and then we can. I would love to. I looked at your website, and I was like, there are seventy-seven <laughs> technology certifications. So if we could talk with you a little bit about, you know, your technology, and and I guess starting with, well, do you want to start with the question of? what do you think of what we've been doing over the last few months or do you want to start with the question of how did you get such into such a deep dive with technology probably how this new impact with the new students i think that's probably yeah how does our current situation especially impacting the spec kids because i know that's been one of my big struggles you know with 20 20 spec kids to service uh digitally online you know, how do you ensure that the kids are are learning or growing or, or doing what they need to do? Um, it's a, it presents a different monster for, for special education than it does for anything else. So how do you feel like what we've gone through has an impact on that? Um, I feel like a lot of times my kids aren't getting what they need it they need because um we're in an area where not like we didn't send home Chromebooks um we are a one-on-one school but we kept the Chromebooks at school so either the kids had to use the device at home or you know we sent work home um I know a lot of times for my actual students I actually mailed work that we were doing to their house because they weren't able to get to we're um we're a, we're not exactly a Title One school, but we're close. We've got free and reduced lunch. I mean, we have some poverty issues a little bit. Um, so for my kids, I felt like it was a struggle because they don't have the access to certain things, and I'm not there to teach them one on one. Now I did Zoom meetings. I did Zoom meetings with my kids just to see their faces, really, just to kind of check in. Um, now I also had parents who I had parents who didn't send me anything. And then I had some mamas who were like on it, like, can you see it? This done, this, 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 this done. I think so effectively, if we are doing digital learning in the future, we're going to really have to figure out how is that, how are those needs going to be met? Because I mean, they're not sometimes. I don't think any of the kids, kids, kids needs are met through digital learning all the time. Like I even said, I would prefer to be in a classroom with a mask on and see my kids face to face. Like, I love technology, but I miss actually seeing my kids because they're not, I mean, I don't feel like you're getting anything from me all the time. And now, if it was like a couple days a week, I could see that, but I don't think to be effective, it's something that we can do all the time. Can I, I ask if you're a one-to-one school? We are. Why Why wouldn't they have sent technology? Um, Because we were, I, I, now I don't know per se per the, like, my my thought was we wouldn't get them back. <laughs> so you're 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 in Georgia teaching. Is it you said y'all are not Title One, but you're close 
are you is it is it rural poverty we're like a top of one it... system gotcha it it is it's very rural poverty there's no i think the biggest restaurant we have is mcdonald's they don't so, even have a walmart and so that will present challenges as far as access to even internet so sometimes mm-hmm. even getting Internet's the phone book very- home it wouldn't even make a difference so it's one of those things like i didn't make that decision that's above my pay grade but I think a lot of times they're afraid um, that they're not going to get it. I know in another system near us, you know, the high school's missing 200 Chromebooks. They just never came back. You know, you think about technology, you think money-wise, we're already, I don't know about y'all, but like Georgia's facing a 14% reduction in their budgets. 14%? Um, mm-hmm. Or that's what it's, that's what the news said. In, um, in in the general government budget or 14% for specifically education? I think in the government, just in the, which is going to affect a teacher. Wow. I'm very fortunate. My system um, has been fabulous, but I'm also in a very small system. I know other systems. My mom just retired yesterday. It's her last day of education for 30 plus years. Wow, congrats The system she's coming from, you know, they had furloughs and they're going to take a pay cut. I mean, I'm so I feel very fortunate that I'm in a system where that hasn't happened because mm-hmm. we have a great school board. But, um, you know, I, like I think technology, it's better if they, I don't know, I don't know why they didn't send them home. Well, you know, with Georgia, that's crazy. I mean, because one of our really, I mean, well, Eric Crouch from Teacher Heart Out is in Columbus, Georgia, and Casey Bethel and that whole crew are, it's called Dus Douglasville, right? Outside mm-hmm. of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, they're all there. I mean, what do you, it's just crazy. And like, we have a, another friend um, that said when her school sent out technology, and this is a very affluent school outside of Houston that they were expecting not to get any back and they were prepping to not get technology back. And, and, you know, in my school, one of the things I've struggled with all year is we have very limited technology. So like, if we don't get our technology back, we won't have, we won't have any. So, I mean, for the teachers that are doing distance learning, you know, across the technology platforms, you know, what are, what are some of the most effective platforms that you're seeing teachers use, you know, across distance learning or even just with within the classroom when we go back to whatever normal is? Um, one of my favorites is Nearpod. Um, <laughs> I think I think you were in a webinar I was in the other day mm-hmm. about the the helping the teachers like the one on one for the pioneer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I love Nearpod. Nearpod to me is fantastic because it's uh very easy to use you can turn google slides into a nearpod it's very flexible especially now with all the new stuff that they've got going on or that i guess are coming out to the regulars nearpod people um i love nearpod i love kahoot kahoot is actually going to be turning into i just got an email that they are doing study guides where you can actually make like flashcards and more individualized your students instruction using kahoot which is kind of cool. Um, my eighth graders love gym kit. I don't know. Have y'all ever heard of that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Gym kit, Kyle, is, is very similar to Kahoot, but it's like the kids play for money. 
and then they can stop each other from like answering questions and then during halloween they can play zombies versus humans it's really cool i um okay so you said gym kit mm-hmm g g i m k i t a lot of our eighth grade teachers use it yeah because by the time they get to eighth grade they don't care for a kahoot <laughs> <laughs> like i'm good um you know i use i love vocabulary 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 has some great resources mm-hmm. not just their videos mm-hmm. um all of their different activities that you can actually go inside and assign to the students I do wish vocabulary and Nearpod would be more flexible with each other. Like you wouldn't have to have two separate subscriptions. Um, some of the free things that I love to use, you know, Microsoft has Immersive Reader. Google Read and Write is something that you can definitely use for a student with accommodations because it's something that where they, it's basically like a little purple puzzle piece up in the top right corner. They click on it and it'll read whatever's on the website to them or whatever's on the page. We use that a lot for our standardized practice, like standardized testing for the students. Um, I mean, there's so many. I don't even know. I think I went on a tangent just trying to get certifications because I thought they were so cool to add to my email. And then I got so many and Mm -hmm. I had to take them off my email. Because I had like four rows of stuff. Another great one is a brain pop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brain pop can you can definitely be individualized. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of these services cost money, mm-hmm. and there's only so much you can do free. So it's kind of like one of those you're darn if you do, darn if you do, darn if you don't, darn if you do situations. Right. I really like. I'm um trying to get into New ZLA because I think that's a great resource. But I know by the end of June, it's going to go back up, and it's expensive. She's news ELA. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, everybody threw, they threw the whole sink at everybody, they threw everything mm-hmm. that teachers won this pandemic hit, and it's like, our, I know our principal is saying, hey, be cautious of using things that they're telling you is a three-month trial, that you start using something now, get comfortable with it, and then you can't continue doing it uh, for next year, or, you know, as we thought when we went back to the classroom, which will be next year. So, um, yeah. So I guess it, back to the kind of the co-teaching and collaboration, because, you know, one of the worries we always have as teachers is that technology, especially for our special education students, isn't, I don't know, Will, you might have to help me, like, describe what I'm trying to say, but I I sometimes feel like it's the equivalent of a parent in the grocery store who hands their kid an iPad. It's almost like, like a babysitter and, (laughs) and, and maybe I'm off base there, but do you notice that, that technology is. I I know exactly what you're talking about because I will be that parent sometimes who gives my kids. Oh, I'm not saying that's, I've got no grudge with any parent that does. Because there's sometimes just like, here, just watch Mickey so I can get through this. Um, But no, I completely understand. The thing about kids with special needs, and especially like, I don't, are y'all familiar with um, Flipgrid? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Flipgrid is fantastic. Flipgrid is free. Um, I use Flipgrid in my classroom because my students, a lot of times, they they can tell me verbally what the main idea of a story is or what the theme is. And I don't know if you know about theme. Theme is very far-fetched a lot of times because it's not 
right there in the story of like you have to think about it they have to use their brains and so a lot of times I can get a student to verbally tell me something Flipgrid is like the best resource because you can get them to record it because when they put it down on paper it gets lost like that processing I don't know what if I, yeah if I could figure that out I would be a millionaire because I swear so many kids struggle with that and so I think that you have to use technology with sped kids or even just kids in general to enhance learning. You can't use it as a babysitter. Like you still have to teach, uh-huh. you know, you can't, like I can do a, a Kahoot for a review, but then I have to move on to something else. You can use a breakout room to introduce the subject, but then you have to go on to some, but you can't just use the technology to entertain your kids for 45 minutes or however long your class periods are. Like ours are 50 minutes. You know, I use an example. I'll use video clips to talk about themes. I did that this past year with, we watched like Finding Nemo. We watched the Adams Family, like the new cartoon one. We watched something else. And the kids had to tell me what their theme was on a Google Doc. Everybody shared the same Google Doc using the different colors. You know, I use it to enhance my my teaching. I think that if you rely, rely solely on technology, there's going to come a day when the internet doesn't work. And that's when your admin walks in and that's when you're going to be observed. <laughs> that's exactly what happens every single time. Guilty head. It happened to me yeah. before. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean okay. oh, oh, like I had a crazy situation where one of those, like one of those days happened. I had the iPads, the internet went down and me and my co-teach were like, okay, kids, you can find this stuff in a textbook. And my kids lost it. They just were a, a mix of irate and dumbfounded that they had to use a textbook. And I, I, I was like, this is a book. This is how you do school. This is how we did school back in my day. Back when you had to go to the library and get the encyclopedia out. And you had to go to the... To the- to use the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, card, card, the card catalog. <laughs> the card catalog. Oh, my God. You know, but that, you know, thinking about it now, I remember learning decimals through going to the library. It wasn't in the classroom the first time. The first time I learned decimals was in an ELA classroom when we were, because that was like, you had to learn how to search the card yeah, catalog. Specifically where it was, yeah. And so I think that that, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, but yeah, let's go. Let's keep moving on. Yeah, and this is another kind of off, off hand, off script question, which kind of happens. But one of the things that we both realize over this time is that the equivalency of kids being digital natives, meaning they're good with their phones and stuff, mm-hmm. does not equate to them being digital learners. Like, do you, do you notice that not just with your sped kids, uh, but your general kids that they don't like their ability to do TikTok and all the things on their phone does not translate to being able to learn digitally on all of the platforms that you've talked about so far? I think so. I think I, um, I've watched TikTok. I don't have a TikTok account. Uh, TikTok's like above. I'm not that cool. Um, I'll stick to my Twitter and Instagram. Right. Um, but it, uh, 
I think so, especially like, you know, have you ever noticed how kids nowadays when they're writing, it's very similar to texting? Like, there's something like lost in the art of writing because they just now use, I don't know where my phone is, it's somewhere in my room. Um, but like, they, and I'm acting like um, back in the day when you had to actually like hit the little keyboard mm-hmm. on the phone or the Nokia one, two, three for letters. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But I think there's something lost. And so I think several kids are like really good at technology, but maybe not proficient to where they can be great digital learners. I think, I think this whole pandemic thing kind of threw everybody into like, oh, so Jesus, what are we doing? You know, and then you have the kids who do virtual learning. Like, I don't know if y'all there's, um, all around us, there's definitely virtual learning academies. And so you think those kids are probably doing fantastic <laughs> because they've already, they know what they're doing mm-hmm. for all of us who have been in the classroom are just like a deer in head. I don't think it matters how many, how much training or something a student has. This whole thing is just kind of thrown us all into a loop of nobody. I think ever prepared for something like this, you know? So I don't, I don't know if it means when we go back in the classroom, will we definitely incorporate more phone usage? Will we definitely teach the kids more? I think it just kind of depends on where we, where we stand in a couple of months. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but it doesn't seem to be getting any better here. Like there's more and more hotspots in Alabama. I think Chattanooga is one of the top five new hotspots for COVID. Really? You know, mm-hmm. or that's what my mother-in-law told me. Um, I, I mean, it's always, I, I mean, I, I haven't gone to Walmart since March and I live in a small town. <laughs> like I haven't gone to Walmart as, um, and our bank that's like three streets across from my house. It's closed because somebody had COVID and so they've had to clean. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those, like, I don't really know how to, where we're going to be in a couple of months. I hope we're back in the classroom. I'm, I want, that's where I want to be. And I want to teach others how to use te- technology better, but I don't know if that's where we'll be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think I've, I think I've thrown Kyle for a loop because he's looking like he's processing some information. I, I right am, now. I am, I am. It's gonna or maybe take, it's too early in the morning. No, I've been up since like before five, but, um, I just like we'll we'll go ahead and ask your question before I jump back in. With well, no, I was just going to ask you: Are you familiar with using Edpuzzle? I am, and I love it. I just one of our teachers, um, one of our teachers showed me about it. Mm-hmm. Now I have the certification. That didn't mean I knew what I was doing, because um, you can get the certification really easy. But I did, and I used it and I was like oh my god this is awesome because the kids actually have to watch it to answer the question like Mm -hmm. if it especially if it's inserted inside the video yeah so yes I love Edpuzzle that's something I did this year we use it this year to kind of do a 50-50 class where we would have video playing uh well the kids would have a technology station and the kids would use the technology they would get one-on-one like I would teach a group of 10 there'll be a group of 10 on the computer and there'll be a group of 10 doing uh work with my co-teach uh in small group work so it's like station teaching and it was perfect because the rotation it just went perfect 
and the kids actually got up and moved. Oh, uh, nice. A lot of people are like, no, I wouldn't move the kids, but I felt like I know me. I, I get antsy if I sit for too long. So asking a group of sixth graders to sit in a classroom for 90 minutes and listen to me talk or listen to anyone talk, it's like scraping your nails across a chalkboard. Mm -hmm. Not a whiteboard, but a chalkboard. <laughs> and so when we started doing that, and uh, one of our teachers introduced me to Ed Puzzle, I was like, wait a minute. So the questions are embedded in the video and the kids can't finish the video until they awesome. answer all the questions. And, it's, and they can always go back and rewatch the, you know, rewatch this, this section to help them with it. And I, I just said from that point on, I was like, and it's free. Uh-huh. It's free. <laughs> then I found if you, if you actually have more teachers at your school using it, they actually open up more resources for your campus. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, good yeah. to know. Yeah, we got an email from Ed Puzzle saying because there were so many people using it from our campus that, that we had these new privileges where we could do voice, different voiceovers and different type of things. With oh, them. cool. Okay, yeah. cool. So it has a benefit to get more people on. Good to yeah. And And to your early point about my like head spinning, my head spinning is spinning for two reasons. The collaborate prenup, I was like, what if what if we called that like our student, like the little contract we make with our students? Like I totally want to steal it and make a collaborative prenup with my kids of like these are this is everybody's responsibility. You could call it the classroom prenup. Yeah. Yeah. Classroom prenup. That's where I'm at. One point. Um and the other point is just thinking about like how do you think digital learning should be defined because you know you were and Wilkie and I've been talking about this like Wilkie's in a doctoral program so he's doing true like digital learning online and you know like you said the kids who are doing virtual school already they're they know how to engage with the content and they know how to post online and and do those things I just feel like the kids now like you said, we were so underprepared that there was no way we could have really done true digital learning. Um, I mean, I teach, I, this is my last semester. Um, I do, I'm an adjunct professor at a local college here. Um, I just teach a sped class. It's not a big deal. They've hired somebody full-time for the fall, but all my classes have been online because that's how I actually did my EDS was online. And if you're not used to it, it's a completely different it's a beast to get used to. We have all your discussion, have all that kind of thing. Um, I think for our kids to do it, you just have to incorporate technology in the classroom when you're back in there and have set that expectation of, hey, you know, this is how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. I think once if you practice with your kids, it's just like anything. If you set it into a routine, they're going to learn and they're going to know how to do it. But you also have to have some kind of form of uniformity amongst the teachers teachers of like what the expectations are because um I think we all teach middle school mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna like my classroom style is very different from the girl who teaches right beside me like mm -hmm. our classroom management styles are very different how we handle things are very different you know so how we might do digital learning would be very different so there would have to be some kind of standard set by your school or your whatever to kind of really define what that would look like for your campus. That makes sense. 
And more power to you on the doctorate. There is no way in heck I'm doing that anytime soon. It is a, um, let's just say it's a, um, it's a journey. It's a journey. I don't, um, I understand now why there are not many people who, who challenge it, who dare challenge it. Um, mm -hmm. My mom has a doctorate in special ed and I did my EDS and the thought was there to do a doctorate. But then my husband was like, really? <laughs> we haven't been, no. like at the time my daughter was two, she was like, really? Like he was like, can you just take a break? And then, you know, everything else happens. <laughs> Maybe, but I think that's awesome. You're doing a doctorate. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Trying to get it done. Hopefully finish it up. Well, not hopefully. Finish it up by December 2021. Nice. That's my graduation day. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Hopefully you actually get to walk. That would be good. <sighs> that would be. Mm -hmm. I, either whether I walk or not, I'm still going to get my regalia. I, I've worked too hard for my puffy sleeves and my hat. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, all right, Will. So um, are there, you know, any just kind of more tech questions anything you'd like to come back to before we ask her the final two wrap-up questions um, today no well i guess i do have this question about special education kids and using technology and how i know there's a lot of teacher who teachers who resist it because they feel like oh I have parents who resist it. You know, um, how do you kind of settle the waters as it relates to um, technology use, especially amongst the, that, that special ed population? I think, uh, you know, with parents, if you have a good rapport with the parent, um, which is a case manager, I always try to make sure that the parents know I'm on their side, you know, like we're a team. Um, I think if you just introduce it slowly, it's easier for everyone to kind of take. It's kind of like um, when you're introducing a new food, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to put it in something. Um, I don't know why that just came up to me. I guess I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's one of those things, just because a student has a label, they're the same as a regular ed student. I mean, they really are. So it's really how do you incorporate technology for all the students and all, you know, all parents. So it's just something that you have to introduce and get them used to. And you have to really explain to a parent that this is not there to replace you as a teacher. It's to enhance your mm -hmm. students' learning. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's the joy of having technology. You know, um, Nearpod has a really cool resource where you can actually do like virtual field trips. Mm -hmm. Okay, like, let's be honest, especially now, how many of your students are gonna go to like the Golden Gate Bridge? I mean, yes, you could probably fly to California, but you probably don't want to be on a plane right now. Mm -hmm. um, airfare is probably pretty cheap, but, you know, it gives you a 360 view of what the Golden Gate Bridge looks like. You know, if you can explain to parents, this is a great thing that's going to enhance your student's life outside of whatever area you're in, you're going to have more, you're going to have more parents on board. I think what, what, I think what scares parents is that they don't know how to use the technology. You know, um, it wasn't until a few years ago, my dad has, my dad is a uh, 70 and he still had a flip phone. Once he learned how to use an iPhone, buddy, he is on Kentucky websites, 
basketball. He is on <laughs> eBay buying something for his car. He's retired too. Um, and so, you know, it was just took him to understand how this can help him, not, not hinder him. So I think it's just one of those things that you just have to kind of set in motion, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times I spit out stuff, but it doesn't make sense. No, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And the the part that's I'm sure Wilkie would agree with me that stood out to us is that you said the technology will never replace the teacher. And it kind of brings me back to what you were saying, whether we were recording or not, you were talking about how like you miss that interaction with kids and and you are as versed in technology as anyone but you still really are so rooted in the fact that you know teaching is about the interaction and the relationship you have with a kid I mean I had a phone call last night from a student with another situation and I mean you know just to hear her voice on the phone and to know that she felt comfortable enough to call me to handle a situation kind of made my heart you know it was a scary situation but made my heart happy because I miss that, you know, like I miss them knowing, Hey, I'm in your corner thinking about you. And then having a parent being like, thank you for worrying about my child. You know, especially if you, in my situation where I have sixth or eighth grade, my eighth graders, um, I had for three years, mm-hmm. you know, uh, by that time you get to know them and you love them. Um, even if I'm, they consider me the crazy lady. Um, you know, you miss them. I don't think technology is ever going to be able to replace that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got we got to make sure we get a commitment right now that when your book comes out, you'll come back on the podcast to talk about it. <laughs> I will. I kind of think I bit off more than I could chew because I kind of told my husband, I was like, hey, this is happening. And then I got the contract this morning and I was like oh snap uh, this is real it's really awesome. Gonna happen. <laughs> awesome. you know in your mind you're like this is great this is great um so it's always like um I think my eventual goal is I would like to go to like a big conference like teach your heart out or any of those places and um present um I don't do Instagram I don't have a big Instagram following I don't get I don't get there, there are some really cool teachers, like, um, I actually met a teacher hard out that are great resources, um, but I don't get the whole celebrity, you know what I'm talking about, like, edgy celebrity that they've got going on nowadays, it, if you look on Twitter, there's a whole, like, that's a whole subculture, it seems, mm-hmm. of edgy, edgy celebrities, um, but I would love to be able to share that kind of message with other people, because I think special ed kind of gets put back on the back burner a lot of times. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Always undeserved. I don't know about y'all, but I, Instagram freaks me out a little bit because you don't really know who's looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you don't like that, you definitely shouldn't be on TikTok. <laughs> I don't get to- <laughs> TikTok gets like, I looked at I looked I looked at my my TikToks and like there are thousands of people that have looked at my TikToks and I'm like, what in the world? This is like a 12 second video of me and Wilkie doing something dumb. Like, I think it's fun. The more I get into it, the more I like, it's really entertaining because at least from what I see, there's none of the negative. Like, if you don't look like, like the TikTok comments don't show up like Instagram comments. So like you see a post, you see a post and then instantly there's somebody come in like 
chiming in on chiming in on it. it it's just the majority of what i've seen on tiktok is funny and then there's also some really good dancer dancers and that's like a deep-seated dream of mine that someday I would be like a really good dancer and I know I'll never <laughs> get there so I think oh that's my God, I'll have to take out TikTok now just to kind of oh see. just even if you don't do if you don't do it's incredibly entertaining good to know good to know all right Will what you got uh no I'm good um you want to go into the last two yeah all right yeah, you go for it. All right. If you could share a message with every student in the country, including the ones you teach, and you would want them to take it to true heart, what would you say to them? Um, that's a good question. I know. I just looked at that. Um, I would definitely say that your teachers miss you. Even the ones that you think dislike you <laughs> miss you. You know, um, you know what I'm saying? Like you have that one student who drives you bonkers, but you miss them. <laughs> I would rather have them drive me bonkers and be somewhere where I can't see them. Mm -hmm. um, just know that your teachers miss you and that they really want to see you in the fall. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's good. And so one of the things that we like to talk about, because we do know that teaching is one of those lifelong adventures that we go through as an educator what do you want your legacy to be i don't know i think about that all the time because i have a little one and i try to think of how do i want her to see me you know because i know right now she thinks i'm like the greatest thing since life's bread but when she's a teenager she's not because if she's anything like me bless it um she's not gonna like me because i didn't like my mama um but I definitely think I want my legacy to be just that I was the teacher who took care of her students. You know, I think at least I feel like as a sped teacher, especially when I teach resource, because I only have the max I've had is like 10 students. How, I mean, if you had a class of 10 students, how well are you going to know those students by the end of the year? Mm -hmm. You know, I want my students to know that they were loved and cared for and that they could always come to me with whatever they needed. For teaching wise, you know, sometimes. I do stuff and I'm like, are the kids getting it? Am I, am I being silly? And then you'll see something and they get it and you're like, well, hot dog. <laughs> they did learn something in my class. Y'all know you're, you know you're exactly. Oh, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the audio of this and I'm going to single out that when you just said, well, hot dog. And I'm going to find a way to make that my text message ringtone. So every time I get a text, it's, it'll say, well, hot dog. Like it okay, for example, I had a student last I year. It. I swear I think he hated me. Like he could not stand being in my class. And by God, we got his milestone scores back and he went like he went up like sixty he went up like sixty points. And I was like, You don't like me. How if my my principal, my AP was like, Well, maybe he's paying attention and I was like, You could have fooled me. Uh, or Wilkie, we had one of those our first year together that I can't remember the kid's name, but he was just a terror. And then all of a sudden, the next year, like when he had left the school, he all of a sudden just showed back up and was like, wanted to be my best friend. And I was like, um, uh, excuse me, I don't recall <laughs> us being friends. 
but mm-hmm. okay <laughs> that's the way it is and you know even even now like more and more and that's the one I, I've said this on the podcast a bunch of times that's a one regret like as now a 10-year veteran like I think back to all of those times where kids were just like desperate for attention and didn't know how to build the relationship that that those bad behaviors were the only thing that they knew and if you knew what you knew now you could have like really built the relationship i mean that's really the thing that i regret most about my career but it's one of those things like Wilkie always says it's 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 not something you ever could have known without experience yeah i mean i think about the my first year teaching compared to now bless those babies because i my classroom management was awful you know what i mean where i'm just like uh i hope i didn't mess up your fourth grade year <laughs> I hope I didn't screw up your entire future. I mean, pretty much, you know, because you're like, and now I, I just think about how different I am in classroom management, where like back then I would have been so rigid, and now I just look at a kid, I'm like, really? Yep, that's one of the words. Or maybe that's just the face that you finally learned after so many years. <laughs> or I don't, I don't know. And yeah, I think exactly. The kids, the kids learn, they're like, okay, yeah, you, you, or, you know what that means. Or when the kids, one of the kids will be like, why are you not making a face when somebody makes a comment? You're like, oh, God, you're, am I really that transparent? Um, but you are to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I completely understand that. And, and I think back to what you were saying, I, I think eighth grade is such a sweet spot because it's, it's that, that space where you can still be goofy and, like, do the theatrical things. And they're, like, just borderline too cool for it. But eventually, like, they'll succumb to it and they'll actually be entertained and learn. Once you get to high school, they're just, like, they're just, like, so over it. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's a great spot to uh, wrap up. Wilkie, anything to uh, add? No, I think I would really love to get with you on this um, uh, collaborative co-teacher prenup. Um, uh, if you're looking for someone to pilot it for you, uh, I will be uh, co-teaching again next year. <laughs> so send it well, away. Um, no, we'll I'll definitely feedback. take it with you during the summer. Um, I've got like an outline and I'll definitely holler at you because uh, any feedback I can get would be fantastic. You know what I mean? Like anybody mm-hmm. who's actually, because that's what like, to me, education books are fantastic. Like I have a ton over there. But unless you actually implement them, right. what good are they? Mm-hmm. You sure. know, and who? And see, I'm the I'm the implementation guy. I, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 go and go get it done because I mean because again I'm that one that mad scientist in the classroom that wants to try as much as possible, as many things as possible to say that I've given my kids every possible opportunity to be successful in a good learning environment. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's something that even like I um. I wish that was something that college teachers who were going through college learned, you know, students, because it's not all sunshine and roses. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. My classroom management teaching was here's a here's a traffic light. They're either red, green, yellow, green. Yellow, yes. And then my first day of kindergarten, I had a kid spider me in the wall, like like legit hijacked the side of the door frame and like climbed it, and I was like. Kentucky didn't teach me this. I, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have you back on this summer to have a podcast about like college preparatory programs for teachers. Because I was just thinking this the other week. I was like, 
the if when you declare your major as teaching you should have to spend a semester in a classroom before you take any of the classes so you can see what it's actually really like or you need to be in a yeah, yeah. exactly it's not all sunshine and nurses just it's, it's definitely not so um <laughs> Jess, sorry it took us so long to link up, but we were really thrilled to have you on our podcast, and you are welcome back anytime. Awesome. Anytime. Well, I'm glad to make the connection with y'all, too. Hey, guys, just a quick question. How can we help you become the teacher your students deserve? Please, please reach out to us. Follow us on social media at Value Adds Value. Go to our website, thelledproject.com, or send Wilkie or I an email and let us know what we can do to help you become the teacher you, your kids deserve. And if you don't mind, while you're at it, hit the subscribe button, share this podcast out, and help us reach more teachers to help them become the teacher, their kids deserve. Now, back to the podcast.